Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz pianist and musical director Joel Pearson of the group Queen's Cartoonists. We talked about their new 2023 CD, Mozart's Jazz Requiem. Using Mozart's renowned sense of humor as a guide, Joel recomposed this tribute to one of the greatest pieces ever written in the style of Raymond Scott and John Kirby with a hint of modern jazz in there. Mozart died without finishing his Requiem, so the Queen's Cartoonists are here to finish the job in the form of a jazz tribute to one of the greatest ever enjoy this interview it's great to meet you i as much as i love big pr firms sending things out i love individuals that send albums out i love mm. i'm so glad i got my hands on this this is a wonderful album so thank you i really appreciate it oh nice thank you yeah, yeah. no problem we're we're excited to get it out there and um Steve, see who likes it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I mean, it's there's there's a level of it that's whimsical. There's a level of it that's serious. There's a level of it that's just straight up sonically satisfying. So what I want to do before we get into this album, obviously the backdrop for the last three years, especially for the musicians out there in the world, has been living through COVID. How did you all survive yeah. it? How has it changed you now that we're coming out? You got a new album. Things are opening up. Right. So we actually uh, had a big break in 2019. We got signed by a really great manager, great booking agent in New York. Things were looking really good. We booked a ton of work and then, yeah, everything just totally folded on us. Um, But we were assured, you know, by management and these people that they weren't going to drop us. We were going to make it through. It was going to be okay. So we just kind of buckled down. I mean, um, some of the guys in the band, you know, were were, uh, uh, were were teaching and stuff, and they kind of ramped that up and did online things with kids. Um, I actually left New York City for a while and just kind of moved somewhere cheaper where I could just kind of relax and and you know work on projects to kind of take my mind off all the stuff. And then honestly, we we had about one show a month during COVID still. Okay, so only only like March, April, May was it totally done. And then we had like one and one a month, one a month, one a month. And then by, you know, 2021, it was two or three a month. And so we, we escaped some of the, uh, you know, brutal work loss, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely a tight, tight period. Mm -hmm. So before we get into this wonderful album, Mozart's jazz Requiem, talk to me about how the Queens cartoonists came together. How did you all come together and how has it worked so well? Sure. Yeah. I had this idea um, to kind of explore the cross section of the golden age of jazz and the golden age of animation. Uh, because, you know, some the, the, there, there is like this meeting point in American culture where these things were so popular and some of the, some old cartoons have jazz and some jazz composers were really whimsical music, like you said. And so I started transcribing cartoon scores um, and rehearsing these with these friends of mine. And eventually we started putting on these concerts where we were playing uh, either note for note versions or newly composed versions of uh, animated films with the films projected behind us. Okay. So it's sort of like a, a jazz project, but very multimedia and very much um, outward facing, meaning we're trying to get people to come to a theater or performing our space that wouldn't necessarily come if they hear the word jazz yeah you know like people will come and they'll bring kids or though you'll see a grandparent bring a grandkid and the grandparent will say i grew up watching popeye and snow and betty boop and the grandkid will say i know that stuff too 
but then it's presented in a very kind of serious fashion. So it, 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 it can kind of go from serious to silly, you know, on a dime and back. And that I think is, is the key to why, uh, you know, why we're booking shows and why people want to see us. So the interesting thing too is, is that when you hear about people like Charlie Parker and, and, and a lot of people, they all studied classical composers, you know, yeah, jazz sure. is seen as the new classical music. So it's an interesting concept to take the, you know, Mozart and, and, and all that, that whole idea. So talk to me a little bit about how this project was birthed and how it feels that sure. it actually came to fruition. Sure. So our, our, the band's two biggest influences are Raymond Scott and John Kirby, both of whom reworked classical music in their pieces. And a lot of this was due to the, uh, I think it was like the ASCAP strike of 1939 or something. And you couldn't, you know, release original music. And that's when like Duke Ellington had his son write, write pieces because he wasn't in the union or all this stuff. So we love those, those Kirby recordings and those Raymond Scott recordings. And that's always been a big part of our show. We always try to feature those composers. Uh, you know, they're under, under appreciated, uh, musicians. So, but because the, the concerts are so multimedia, we've struggled with the idea of making albums, right? Like, how do we present what it is that we do? in like an album form without the visual element. But then one day I said, well, what if we just did like a kind of a concept album? We took a famous piece of classical music and just did the whole thing, you know, kind of like, kind of like Duke Ellington did the Nutcracker and Pierre Gint. Like, I I just love that. So I had the idea of Mozart's Requiem because, you know, Mozart famously had a sense of humor. Um, And, uh, you know, it was sort of unfinished. You know, he died right before it was finished. So maybe there's an angle as sort of a joke, like, oh, we're going to, you know, pick up where he left off and finish yeah. it, even though it's totally bizarre and sort of upside down. But that kind of quirky humor is really part of what we do and in our, in our live experience. So I started working on the charts over COVID. It took forever, you know, to figure out how do we kind of make it Mozart, but also make it Raymond Scott or make it Kirby and make it, make it us too, you know? So the, the album is done and we're also working on a stage show where we'll have all the movements with synchronized with old cartoons. Uh, we have an actor who comes on screen as Mozart. We kind of, you know, do some sort of shtick and comedy and stuff. So hopefully people like the album and we'll start booking shows and they'll come and they'll say, this is not the way they're used to hearing the Requiem at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it just sounds like all of you guys are not only having a good time, but you're taking all of these serious yet whimsical notions of who you are as artists and people and just jamming it into a big sandwich. Totally. J- you know, jazz uh, is, a, uh, you know, people take jazz very seriously, jazz musicians. There's not a lot of humor. You know, there's not a lot of, sometimes I feel like the fun is missing from contemporary jazz compared yeah. to, you know, maybe, you know, what, you know, you know, think like, you know, Duke and these guys, they wanted people to dance, you know, they wanted, you know, they wanted, you know, girls to come to the shows. And then you go to Smalls or something in New York and you say, all I see are jazz students and Japanese tourists, you know, or whatever. And that's all you see. And, and I don't fit well in that environment, you know, like I don't do well with that serious kind of thing. It's great. And I love, I love the, all jazz, you know, but I noticed that it's hard to get people into concerts it's hard to reach new fans. And, and, and so I think we're a little more of like an outsider project where we're willing to be sort of ridiculous and, and, and kind of make fun of ourselves on stage. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty far from the norm. But again, it, it, it adds into kind of what makes us unique. You know, it's interesting because when I go to shows in Kansas City, I mean, you know, my wife and I always talk about how it's, it's usually people that are 60 and over are going. 
And it's a lot of people that, that are going there reliving the heyday of their youth. And you just don't see a lot of young people. Yeah. And it tends to be higher society and almost feels like you fell into an F Scott Fitzgerald remake of the Gatsby. You know, you're just kind of in this mm-hmm. environment. Sure. that's just not conducive to, you know, maybe a Kurt Cobain taking a guitar out on stage. It just didn't going to happen, you know? So it, it is nice that you're sure. doing this and infusing that because at the end of the day, being on this side of the microphone, Jazz musicians, most of them are high intellect, great, great nature, great sense of humor. And if that could be exhibited more on stage, it would just, mm-hmm. I think it would bode better for younger generations to come in and be into it. Oh, so. totally. You, you gotta, you know, there's this quote, quote from Wynton Marsalis in the jazz documentary where he says, you know, great art doesn't come to you. You have to go to it, you know? And, uh, uh, that's totally true. But like, you, like, if, if you're going to play music that's, that's, you know, outside of what people are accustomed to hearing or whatever, you have to kind of throw them a little bone, you know, you don't have to walk all the way to them. But we, we, you know, like, like, like if I go up to someone and say, Oh, come to my concert, I play jazz. You know, it's like the reaction is so good. But if I say, Hey, you like cartoons, I'm going to do these, you know, I'm much more interested in that. Yeah, for sure. So talk to me a little bit about the best place to get the album and any live shows, anything going on with you guys as we move forward. Yeah, so the best place to get it is Bandcamp. That's where we're doing the release. Um, you know, releasing independently, just as, as simple, streamlined as possible. Uh, we like Bandcamp. That's great. So go there. And then, uh, this concert season, I think we have about 30 dates, uh, in, in US and Europe. So we're going to play like a short version of the Requiem this concert season. We're calling it like Mozart's mini Requiem just to kind of show people, Hey, here's three or four movements. Uh, you know, we'll be back with the full thing. Uh, but t- typically this season, we're presenting more of our uh, usual program, which is emphasis on on classic animated films and kind of an older, you know, style of jazz um, with some contemporary films mixed in, but typically older. And then, yeah, we're going to throw the, throw the Requiem in there. We're, we're touring through the Midwest and California, Colorado, a little bit in Texas. It's, it's hard to say, but, you know, our website has the dates. Um, and, yeah, we're, 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 we're looking forward to it. It's great venues. Super excited about it. Yeah, man, me too. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm so glad I laid my ears on this project. It's wonderful. The spirit's wonderful. So thank you, man. I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Joel on behalf of the band for his time and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.